All right, and welcome to the show. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to to run this interview and uh, and and get talking to you for a while. But uh, first and foremost, are you in Iowa City right now, or, or have you gone back home to Illinois? I'm in Iowa City right now. Yes. And um, what is what is the situation going on there with uh, with COVID and everything? As as I'm sure Carver's shut down, so you're not really getting in there. What have yeah. you been doing uh, as far as getting workouts in, and, and have you been working out with anybody or just on your own? Yeah, um, yeah, Carver's shut down, which sucks, but um, um, we're here in Iowa City. I feel like it's kind of the safest place to be in Iowa City. I don't know. I feel like the Midwest um, is definitely getting a different um, toll and getting hit differently than other states, for sure. So I feel definitely safer here in Iowa City. And um, my roommate, actually, Michaela Beck, she wrestles, mm-hmm. too. So um, we wrestle, like, probably, like, four or five times a week still. So yeah. it's good that we can do that. And then Tom, actually, Tom Brands let us take a bunch of the workout equipment. Like, the day before Carver shut down, he was like, he's like, take whatever you guys want and put it into your garage. And so we kind of, that day before, we he didn't know for sure it was going to get, like, Carver was going to get shut down but he kind of like had a feeling that it was leaning towards that way so the day before we like loaded up um forest truck with like all like airdynes bikes like everything that you could think of that we could like make into a little home gym so we have a lot of like airdynes and bikes and like um a box for box jumps like a bunch of kettlebells dumbbells um bulgarian bags stuff like that so we kind of made a home gym um which is cool that tom like let us take all this stuff from carver so Yeah. yeah That's hilarious. So, um, you guys have been working out with that stuff and, uh, yeah, still doing that. How long have you been roommates with Michaela? Um, probably about like two years now. So yeah. Um, back in, let's see, when was it? Well, maybe like 2018 ish that summer. Um, I kind of convinced the girls to move here and, um, they, I like told them, I was like, come train with me. Like, blah, blah, blah. That's how it all started. And then, um, from there they came and trained and stayed at uh, one my old apartment that I was living in, and then they like fell in love with it, which I kind of was like that was the purpose of the whole like training thing. And so yeah. then from then they just kind of all moved here. And so yeah, since then I've been living with Michaela. So gotcha, gotcha. Well, we interviewed Michaela a while back when uh, really? when I was at who's number one. Um, we did one, so it's just cool. Yeah, um, that we make that connection, but. Um, so, at the beginning of your career, you started, you lived in Illinois, and uh, your your dad was a high school coach, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, he actually, like, last year, I think he finally retired. I was like, thank gosh, it's time for you to be done. <laughs> You're getting old, oh, okay. Dad. <laughs> so, you were kind of, you were kind of born into the sport. How, how early did you start, and did your dad ever question whether or not he would put you into it? Um, just what was that like when you first got into the sport? When I first started, it was definitely, like, um, girls weren't really a thing in wrestling, you know, and I would just be, I played a lot of sports growing up, like, I did judo before I actually did wrestling, and I did gymnastics, and, like, random sports that you could play growing up, soccer for sure, and um, I would go to my older, I had an older brother, and my dad was also the high school coach, and he was the little kids, our kids program, he ran that um, club as well, so I think that, um, that was kind of I would just go and watch the kids practices after the high school practices once I was done um with my like sports events you know how you are as a kid you kind of like go to 
like soccer on Mondays and stuff like that. So I went, would go there and I'd like watch my brother's practice and I would just be kind of bored. So I finally just was like, can I like jump in on the fun games and stuff? You know, they play like sharks and minnows, all that stuff. And so I think that's kind of how I like first got into it. And I just like wanted to be a part of like the fun. And um, then after that, um, for a while, I didn't take things too seriously. Like the first couple years, um, I just, I didn't even compete. So I think that that um, transition of just like, kind of like having fun with wrestling definitely helped my like longevity in the sport because I am getting older. So I think that that um, all definitely like played a role in how long I've been wrestling. Definitely. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so you didn't start competing until about how, how old was that? Probably like eight-ish, something like mm-hmm. that, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. And and at the time, I'm sure there weren't many strictly girls divisions, strictly girls tournaments and stuff. So you were mainly competing against boys and stuff. Is, yeah. is that about right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember my like freshman year of high school. I was, like, my state bracket was, like, Tony Ramos, Dardanes, Ellis Coleman, and, like, a couple other really good guys. I think Tony Ramos posted about it a couple years back, and I was just like, wow, no wonder I didn't place. Um, But, yeah, no, it was definitely, for a long time, it was just all girl, I mean, all boys um, in Illinois until, up until, like, probably the past, like, couple years. um, Girls definitely, like, um, the number of girls have increased in Illinois um, high school sports, so. That's pretty cool that it's growing like that. But when I was in high school yeah. and even as a kid, it was more of like a, I, people would just kind of like crowd around the mat and like, like, oh my gosh, the girl's wrestling on this mat. You know what I mean? So it was more yeah. of like a, like you're like kind of a show, you know? Right. Did, did you ever even compete in a, in a strictly girls bracket or a strictly girls tournament? Um, until in, college? Not until high school, actually. High school, um, okay. I did, I did Fargo, yeah. I never yeah. actually won Fargo. Gotcha. I got like second like three times and then I got third once so yeah I never won Fargo and um I'm sure when you went to King when, when you were on that team there were so many Fargo champs on that team pretty yes. much everybody on, on the King team was Fargo champ pretty much oh. yeah Julia Salata used to always make fun of me for not winning really? Fargo she was like you're the best person to never win Fargo I'm like thanks Julia that's funny <laughs> Not sure how to take that. Yeah, I'm like, I guess, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you wrestled in Illinois. You wrestled for um, Perler, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, me and my high school training partner, Zane Richards, we would go up about um, probably like twice a week here and there, and we would yeah. um, get different partners at Perler. And it was probably like an hour and a half drive, so it definitely wasn't casual, like, my freshman and sophomore year in high school and, like, elementary school, we would, our parents would take us, like, switch turns taking us um, yeah. every other week and stuff like that. And then once I could drive, um, I took us because I was, I think, two years older than Zane, one or two years older than Zane. So I would drive us and we just kind of buckled up and hope, hoped that my driving was good enough to get us there. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went to Perler. We, we both went growing up a lot so it was good it was definitely a good um change of partners and scenery too so and I know the coaches there have a specific style um they Mm kind of I mean my club I live in Memphis and um my club was kind of built off of the same foundations that Perler was just kind of break the technique down I I actually think the coaches at my club have 
talk to the Perler guys and, and just built it off that. So talk a little bit about, you were with Nick, right? Yes, Nick Perler. So yeah, just talk a little bit about his style and everything, yeah. Definitely the practices were like step-by-step techniques. So if we were doing like high crotches that day, it would be like step one, change your level. Like you get showed the move and everything was broken down by steps. So like by the end of practice, like an hour in, you knew that move like, like you were hitting executions of like a perfect hold, perfect technique. So I think that that was um, definitely like perfect to uh, transition those children and like little kids at the time and high school kids to really get those techniques and like their holds down. And then the second hour of practice was pretty much like, hey, we are done with technique. Let's just strap up and let's scrap because a bunch of good kids in the area were all would all come to practice. So we would all just scrap for the second hour. So I think it was a good balance of like technique and then combat um, or live wrestling, whatever you want to call it. Um, so it was definitely like perfectionism at first, which is good. But then you kind of realize like once the second hour comes in, it's like, hey, per- throw the perfectionism out the door. Let's scrap and like um, let's get after it. So I think that that was definitely a good balance there and it definitely helped my technique going forward. Like I've always kind of um, been a perfectionist when it comes to technique. But um, you have to kind of realize that, hey, that's not very realistic in the sport that we're in. Um, but the better your technique is, the right. better it's going to be when it comes to live. So that's what I got out of that. And when you uh, – how, how long were you at Perler? Did you do it all the way through high school? Um, yeah. So for me, I played three sports in high school. So I was definitely okay. very busy. Um, so I in the, in the fall, I played volleyball. In the winter, I wrestled, obviously, and then in the spring, I played soccer. So it was really hard for me um, in the fall and spring and summer and stuff. Like, my schedule was definitely – I was crazy busy as a high schooler. Um, So I went as often as I could, um, but definitely all throughout high school, as much as I could, I went. Yeah. Um, So when you – did you play three sports all the way through senior year, all the way through high school? Yep. So when you got to King – I'm sure that was a a big change for you, more specialization. Um, what was that like, that transition for you, um, and how how were you able to make that change? What were the big changes there? Yeah, it was definitely uh, hard just to focus on one sport, but easy yeah. at the same time, you know. Um, so I actually wasn't going to wrestle in college. Like I was going to play volleyball or soccer. Like I was looking at all three sports to go play college in. So I was very like up in the air my junior and senior year. What my college, like, going forward was going to be. Um, my favorite sport was soccer, personally. Like, I loved soccer, and I, I mean, I still do. But um, I don't know. I looked at a bunch of colleges for all of them, and King just kind of, like, fell in my lap randomly, and it just, like, felt so right. And I felt like my wrestling wasn't, like, done. I didn't reach my, like, full potential and stuff like that. So that's kind of why I chose King, and I really liked the campus mm-hmm. and, like, Jason Mormon, um, our coach there, and um, what he was building with the program. now that I see but um they had like cadet worlds and like all these development camps but I was never a part of that as a young young girl and stuff so maybe that would have made me want to focus on wrestling more but um yeah my freshman year once I started just focusing just on wrestling um it was a lot easier it was 
um, it was great because I was like, this is one sport that's awesome, you know, and it was just girls. So that was even better. And I was on a team full of all girls and we were a good team. So it was, it was definitely a good transition. And that, that team was really, really stacked too. You had Salada, yeah. you and so many other just yeah, studs on that team. A bunch of good girls. Yeah. So many world teamers looking forward. I mean, King is kind of like the Iowa of women's wrestling. Um, are, are they still that way right now? Um, not as much now. I think in the past, like, um, two years or so, I think, I think actually this past year, maybe they didn't win it or something like that. But it's weird because they're transitioning from, when I was in college, it was just one division. So it was WCWA, like every right. D2, NAIA every single school was one division, but now I think they're transitioning to like NCAA, like division one, not division one, obviously I don't have wrestling, but like NCAA divisions and then NAI is like separate. So right. I think that they're trying to like transition that and like kind of grow the sport in that way. So I think that, uh, McKendry actually, um, won this past okay. year. Yeah. I'm, and mckendry has been pretty good too in the past. Yeah. I know. Um, it's good because they they're super close to where I'm from back in Illinois, and I always say I'm like if I would if they would have they weren't even a program when I was looking for colleges. Yeah. So I'm always like if they would have been a program when I was looking for colleges, I would have for sure chose there. But because it's just a good college and yeah. it's close to my home, so yeah, it's for good sure. School. Um, well, I kind of feel bad for those schools just because they've built so much legacy and so much there, yeah. um, at the schools, but now. In a way, I feel bad for them, but at the same time, it's growth for women's wrestling. If there's if there's an ad for D1, um, those programs kind of fade away a little bit. Um, yeah, for sure. But I think that's for the for the good of the sport. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, how did you like Tennessee? You know, I, I live in Memphis, so uh, did you enjoy the the campus there? And where where in Tennessee is is King? It's in Bristol. So okay, um, complete other side. Yeah, way mountains. East. Yeah. Yep. It's beautiful. I love Tennessee in general. I kind of live, I'm in South, from Southern Illinois, so I kind of live close right. to Nashville um, in that area. So I love Tennessee. It's a beautiful, beautiful state. And um, so, yeah, I love my time there. And King um, is an awesome college, and um, I wouldn't trade my years there for anything, that's for sure. So your first two years at, um, at King are kind of similar to your first um, medals on the Olympic year or on the international stage where, um, you took second twice and then you finally broke through and, um, ended up winning the next two. Who, who did you take second to in your first, in your first two years? Um, a girl from, it's weird. Cause in college, a girl, uh, Canada, Simon Fraser university, ah. you've heard of them. They can be yeah. in our national in our nationals. So it's like not really nationals. Like I said, like anyone can kind of be in it. So Daniela Paz, she's, um, the Olympian for Canada. I lost to her Mm -hmm. my first year. Um, she's really good. And, um, and then my second year I lost to Jennifer page. She's on the national team at 63 kilos, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those two years you were Mm -hmm. still able to make the junior world team as well, right? Yeah. Okay, um, and then did they have a, a junior world championship in 2011, 2012? Yeah, my first one was in Bucharest, Romania, and then my second was in ah, Thailand. Yeah, Thailand was awesome. 
Which one did you like more? Just scenery? Uh, Thailand. Location. Yeah. Thailand? It was so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you can't really be... Romania was awesome, too, because it's just like that old European city where it's like the cool castles and stuff like that. And obviously, all your European countries love wrestling, so you can't yeah. really beat that. But Thailand was awesome. We like rode elephants and I stuff bet. like that. That's cool. It was so cool. Um, so w- what did you take in those two years? Um, it, it was bronze, bronze, right? Yes. Um, and are those, those girls that you lost to, have you seen them on the senior stage? Who, who were they? Um, my first year I lost to, um, she wrestles for, for Bulgaria. Her name's Taipei Usain, and she actually got second at Worlds last year. And then she's a world champ. Yeah, she's really good. Um, and then the other year I lost to Eileen Falken. She is, she's at 76 kilos now. So both of them oh, went wow. up and I went down. Yeah. So it was, I'm, I'm like, I'm glad you guys went up weights. So I don't have to rest you guys anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you, you have been on the world team. What, what is it? Nine times now? Seven times? Um, something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure. So, I don't think nine. I think like seven or eight or something like that so it'd be like seven senior two junior something like that yeah. um so a lot of years on the world team you immediately jumped from junior um in 2012 to senior in 2013 yeah um what was it like so obviously the thing about women's wrestling is in college you wrestle freestyle um in college and then there's really no transition into freestyle um, in the international, what do you think about that? What do you, What are your opinions on folk style and and whether or not it should be like women's wrestling or or men's? Yeah, I mean, I'm biased because I love freestyle and yeah, I couldn't get off bottom to save my life in folk style. It was so hard for me. I don't know why. Um, so I I love that transition of freestyle to freestyle, and it definitely made it easier to jump on that senior level. So um, I wouldn't change that. Um, I wish it was freestyle for everyone. Um, cause there's just more excitement in wrestling and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, um, an easy transition there. I think that, um, once my junior years was, were over, I was like, Hey, um, you got to make the senior team or you're not really a part of any team. So I kind of just like left that in the air and, um, talking right. to coach Steiner and stuff like that. My junior years, I was 63 kilos. Like I was kind of thick, you know? So he was like, going forward, like, I think the best weight for you here is um, going forward in the senior level and to make the senior team is to go down to 59. And so from there, I went 59 kilos and then I made the team. So he kind of like put that in my head and was just like, if you want to make the team, because Elena Parishkova, she was really good. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she was um, multiple time world medalist, Olympian, stuff like that. Um, so she was 63 for the longest time. So, and I lost to her before, so there's no way I was going to beat her, um, to make the senior team at 63. So 59 was definitely the best weight for me going forward. And I went down to 59 and, um, that's where I was ever since. So, um, so after King, you immediately transitioned to the OTC. Mm-hmm. Um, why'd you make that decision? What was it like moving out there? I know Colorado Springs is beautiful. My dad wrestled for the Air Force Academy. Um, he's talked about it a lot. Just what was it like there? And um, obviously the partners, similar to King, um, had to be stacked. Yeah, definitely. Um, there were so many good people at the OTC at the time. And um, 
it was just kind of a no-brainer. I think that now there wasn't really how there's like RTCs and stuff like that. It wasn't like that for girls in college. And I think that I like got everything I needed out of King and I was like, okay, what's next? What's time to move on? Um, and then that transition to the OTC was pretty easy for me. Right. And um, so from there, I just uh, moved on complex to the OTC um, right away and just kind of like bought into that new system. And I think it was um, pretty easy because it was, I love wrestling. So it was like mm-hmm. live, uh, live, eat, breathe, sleep wrestling. You know what I mean? So yeah. you live so close to the wrestling room. And um, if you've been at the, on the complex of OTC, it's just like everything's so close and it's just so easy to, and it's for the athletes. So everything's just very convenient. So I think it was really nice to make that transition. And I was definitely, um, love my time at King, but I was like, Hey, I need new coaches and new brains to help me like keep moving forward and keep progressing in the sport. So I think that's why I definitely decided to go to the OTC after that. Definitely. Um, so at the OTC, it's kind of a, a foreshadow, like a, the coaching that you had at the OTC, you had coach Steiner there who was, I mean, if I could name anybody as close to the brand's brothers in coaching, it'd have to be the Steiner brothers. I, yeah. Like, they trained together. They were teammates in Iowa in the 80s and 90s. Um, what was it? How similar are those styles in coaching, and what are some changes? Because we, we know the similarities. Um, what, what are some differences of them, and anything that you had to adapt to when you ended up coming over to Iowa? Um, Terry Steiner is awesome. He is, like um such um he's so understanding and so I think that he's perfect for coaching women and I don't think every coach is uh made to coach women and I think that's definitely a hard hard thing for him and he's got a daughter um who's definitely very high maintenance she's awesome um but so I think that definitely helped him with that transition of like being able to coach women and being able to like talk to women and stuff like that the way he handles handles us is very well and I think there's a lot of um definitely a lot of personalities in women's wrestling like you have Adeline Gray who's who's kind of a diva but she's Adeline Gray you know what I mean so it's perfect for her and it works um so and there's just so many different personalities and stuff yeah exactly so there's just like such a variety of us girls and we're all so different and we all have our personalities and like attitudes and stuff like that so he does like the best job at coaching us girls and knowing exactly what we need and um when I moved out to the training center um before then I really didn't know how to like hand fight um mind you and I was more of like an outside wrestler so I think that he was just like you know to be successful in the sport you're gonna have to learn how to hand fight remotely like whether it's a two-on-one underhook like you don't even have like a power tie that you go to so I think that that was the biggest transition for me and just knowing um how to wrestle like an international style and um how to really put my hands on someone like an international wrestlers especially women they wrestle so much different um than domestic girls and stuff like that so I think that that was um something that I really learned from Terry Steiner and going forward and um in college it's it's different I think that um the gap is is very wide so like the number the top two and WCWA women's wrestling are like on a whole nother level than like the rest of the bunch so I think that um definitely competing more against really good girls and I would go um to international camps and competitions way more than I would in college so that was definitely a benefit of um going to the OTC and 
being with Coach Steiner and definitely working on more parterre stuff. He was definitely very um, adamant. It's like, hey, if you could finish a match very easily in parterre. So why right. not try and like get a leg lace or gut wrench, whatever, down? Um, so those two things were definitely the hand fighting and um, the parterre were things that I definitely um, learned from him right away. So you ended up leaving um, the OTC mm-hmm. uh, to Iowa. Where where was the idea? Because obviously at that time, women's wrestling, especially in the RTC system, hadn't really been developed very much. Mm-hmm. And so um, that wasn't a familiar thing to do. Yeah. Why was why did you end up moving over there? And then you kind of led um, all the other women from the OTC, or at least a lot of them, back to... Um, to Iowa. So what was the, what was that process like? Just walk me through that. Um, so in 2016, obviously, I lost in the finals of Olympic trials, and that was definitely a very hard thing for me to deal with going forward. I didn't know if I was necessarily going to keep wrestling. So I think that that was kind of up in the air. And, um, and I also knew, like, going forward, I was like, if I'm going to do this, I think at the time I'd been at the OTC for, like, three-ish years. And I was like, going forward, I don't, like do I want to stay at the OTC? Like, do I need to make a move? Like what's my next, um, option? So I think that that was, um, definitely something that played a role in like, Hey, going forward, am I going to do, keep doing the same things and come up short again? Or am I going to make this like crazy change in my life and like really humble myself and like drop the ego and like fully commit to something that's like totally different, you know, nothing is like Iowa wrestling. So I think that that is definitely like, hey, you have to buy in 110%, you know, to this program. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was um, definitely something that I had to buy into. And at the time, I dated Corey Clark, and he obviously wrestled here, stuff like that. Right. So that was definitely my kind of in. And um, I would come here and when I was still living at the training center and visit him and, like, train and stuff like that um, when I was on resident breaks from the OTC and stuff. And so I became, like, close with Tom and them and – um, all the coaching staff and finally Tom pulled me in his office I think like um, a year or so into it and he was like hey what's it gonna take for um, you me to get you here kind of thing so um, and then from then on I was like oh my gosh that's like an option I didn't even it wasn't even a thing in my head you know so from then I just kind of like that whole move kind of happened and um, I became an RTC athlete here and then the whole next year was um weird because I would go back and forth from the OTC and Iowa and um because there wasn't another girl here or anyone to train with so I think that um that going back and forth and I was in the process of trying to like get more girls here so those training partners and stuff weren't here yet and so um finally I like when I convinced like um Michaela and Forrest and Kayla to come it all kind of like my plan kind of happened you know and so and Perry the whole time was just like on board. He's like, who do you think we should get like this and that? Like, what do you need to do this year to like, um, win worlds, this and that, you know? So mm-hmm. we were all on the same page of like, Hey, um, after this year, it was kind of rushed. And so he was like, after this year, after final X and stuff, like who should we get to come out? Blah, blah, blah. So we were definitely all on board of like who, who we want, who he wanted kind of thing and who, um, would fit into the program. So I definitely think that like, it was a combination thing of like, Hey, I think these girls, I'm kind of friends with them and they went to King. Um, I could get them to come and he's like, yeah, definitely like her and her, her for sure. So I think that that was definitely like a long, um, kind of process, but not really Mm because 
it, it all worked out how it was supposed to. Who was the first one to come? Um, Forrest. So Forrest, well, they all three came out at the same time, but Forrest um, was the first one that I kind of like dropped the seed with because we both right, went to right. King. And when I would go back and forth from Iowa to um, OTC, we would train together sometimes and be like, hey, I think you would really like it at Iowa. She was like, oh, yeah, like I, I love Iowa. Like, yeah, their program and stuff. So I think that she was the first person. And Beck has always loved uh, the Hawkeyes. So I think that she just like always bled like black and gold. So black and yellow, black and gold, whatever. So I think that she was easily on board too. And then Forrest and Kayla were really good friends. And um, then we got her on board as well. So. And if you know, like, I don't know Kayla as well, um, but I've interviewed both Michaela and Forrest. And um, just just talking to them, they are the epitome of Iowa style. Sure. Terry Brands, Tom Brands, <laughs> Gable, just hard-nosed. Um, they're just that style. And so, you know, you never would have thought of it leading into it. Like, Iowa would be the, the starter of, of women's wrestling on the D1 level and RTC systems and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but now... The more I think about it, the more it just makes sense that um, it really does apply the same. Yeah, um, definitely. So, how many duels have you been to at Carver? Have you been Have you been to a lot so far? Oh my gosh, this year was the best duel season ever. I um, bet it was crazy in Carver this year. Um, so yeah, I went to most all the duels this year. I think one I was over in Italy for the ranking event. So yeah. I missed, I think it was the Nebraska duel, but other mm-hmm. than that, I was in Carver. And then we went to the Iowa State duel too. That was awesome and crazy. Um, so yeah. Must have been nuts. Yeah. So it was I a good I saw that, that one on, uh, on TV and, and normally Iowa State, um, they're not one of those where their environment is, is too crazy, but when, mm-hmm. a, when a rival like Iowa comes in and everything. Oh um, yeah. I'm sure it that was, was nuts. Up. <laughs> So how has the culture in Iowa, because um, I hadn't really been there. I went this year for Who's Number One, mm-hmm. and you walk down the street with a wrestling shirt, and everybody wants to make friends with you. It's like yep. um, everybody loves wrestling. Wrestling is the native language there. And um, so I'm sure it was it was nice for you to be able to move into a place like that and have immediate recognition and support from community and people you you never even knew. What was, what was that like when you first moved out there and the community around you? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome to have fans that, like, know what wrestling is, let alone, and then also, like, know what's going on. So, like, you could have fans that are just, like, supporters, but they know. They, like, are completely bought in. They know wrestling. They know the rules. They know everything that's going on. Um, they're the first person to yell, to yell stalling. You know how it is. And right. um, I think it's just great to have supporters and um like a support team that just like backs you up no matter what. And so, and then they bought into women's wrestling as well. So I think that they love people all the time are watching practices because we have an open um, room policy. So a lot of people every day come in and watch practices. So, so many people after practice just like stay and they're like, Hey, they're like, I, I love what you're doing today. This and that. So I think that the support from the pro from the program and the community is just awesome. Not only for the Hawkeye guys, but also for RTC athletes and us women. So I think that, um, they bought in and they, they loved us. Um, they kind of treated us like Hawks. So, um, it was nice to definitely move somewhere that mm-hmm. like really appreciated wrestling. 
And um, part, how much how much of your career you think has been affected by Iowa? Because I feel like looking at your wrestling and your career, the change of when you transferred to Iowa and when you started getting world medals um, directly correlates. Like lined up, yeah. you you transferred to Iowa and started winning medals, and um, you made the final X team in 2018. Was it when you when you hurt your neck? Mm-hmm. Um, so the success was kind of coming on immediately from your transition to Iowa. What do you think about the the wrestling there was able to benefit you so much to to find your success? Um, I think Tom talks about it a lot. He's like, what is your X factor? What's that thing that you have, um, whether it's mentally, physically, whatever it is, that you that's your edge. So um, whether it be like, hey, I go and run um, Carver stairs, a stair lap here and there, or whatever it is that's your edge, um, is definitely something that you can take forward. So I think each wrestler is like, I have an edge and you, um, could have your edge too uh, going forward. So I think that that's definitely one thing, um, mentally. And I think that Tom talks about that a lot. What's your edge? What, and then I think what's that, been your edge? Mm, definitely yeah. like a physical shape. So I feel like at Iowa, I've never been in better shape in my life. So, um, I mean, the practices are grueling and stuff, but, um, I've never been in better shape in my life when we're training, um, like that. So I think that that has definitely been my edge and, uh, mentally also as well. I think that Terry Brands also like talks about like, you have to be like mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually all balanced and like, um, ready to go. So I think that it's not just wrestling. It's not just your physical edge, but also your mental edge. And I think that taking that too into fact, it's just like, Hey, we can all go out there and wrestle, but, um, are you okay in here? Like, is your outside life? Okay. Are you doing like everything possible physically and mentally and emotionally? Are you ready to go, uh, firing all cylinders? So I think that that is also something that has definitely impacted me. And honestly, you can't beat the intensity in the Iowa room. So I think that you kind of have to lift your intensity or like, you're going to kind of fold. So I think that, um, lifting my intensity here and like, just like buying into what they're doing here has definitely changed. And, um, yeah, you can't be motivated when you can't not be motivated when you go into the IO room. So it's like, Absolutely. Hey, everyone is just like kicking butt every single day and working as absolute hard as hard as they can. So why wouldn't you do the same? So, right. Kind of and, fun. um, yeah, and I've seen that, that effect, that Hawkeye effect in a lot of different yeah. wrestlers. Um, like Spencer Lee is is a good example. When he was in high school, he kind of struggled a little bit his last year, had the hurt knee, and yep. immediately jumped into uh, into the college season, no red shirt, and was able to to succeed and win a national title. It's just pretty cool what Iowa, just a hard working style, and the coaches there can do with with wrestlers. It's pretty cool. Yeah, Spencer um, is definitely a special special breed. We call him Yoda because he's like a little yeah. Yoda, you know. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, he's got to see that. Um, well, looking more on your career, um, like I said, you've had two silver medals in 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. 2018. You hurt your neck. Um, mm-hmm. Last year was a little bit of a setback at Worlds. Had a tough yeah, first definitely. round match. Mm-hmm. Um, since last year, I'm sure that was a, a huge adversity for you getting over that and yeah. and having to bounce back um, and and keep pushing to, to chase the dream of Olympic world title or Olympic gold gold medal. 
mm-hmm. um, what have you been doing to, to try to overcome that adversity and uh, just some things that you've you've had to accomplish to be able to continue chasing that dream? Yeah, I think um, going forward, um, definitely staying healthy for me is a big thing. Um, uh, I like tore my elbow really bad uh, before, like right before we left for camp for Worlds. And um, so that just definitely was a hard thing mentally and stuff like that, um, competing at Worlds, um, not being 100%. I mean, no one is, but I think right. I took that definitely the wrong way and I definitely could have handled that better and um, kind of like just wrestled instead of like focusing on, oh, I'm banged up, this and that. And I think that um, definitely knowing going forward that, hey, you can't be, like if it was up to me, I would like every single day, always just be on the mat and that's just what I love like I love wrestling and I'm a mat rat so if it was up to me I, like I don't care about lifting I don't care about like cardio I would just like spend every single practice like on the mat um but I think that going forward after that it's like Tom's like hey you're you're getting older like I'm 27 now so he's like you can't you can't be on the mat as much as you are he's like you're gonna have right. to spend um he's like Terry Brands he couldn't he couldn't be on the mat all the time he's like right going that's a great thing yeah, he, so he's like, he's like, he had to learn and teach himself how to um, pick and choose when he was and listen to his body. And he's like, he's like, and that's just as hard um, going forward. He's like, it's going to be like a mental thing that you have to figure out for yourself. And so definitely doing that and like uh, being in tune with my body and um, staying healthy is, was a big thing this year. And then just, I mean, fine tuning my wrestling. I think that, yeah, it sucked that I lost, but hey, how are you going to move on from it? So um, so just going forward, just um, getting better in my ties, just getting better offense, defense, just full wrestling. I think that um, I'm, I was ready for trials, and I think that um, it sucks that we have to wait a whole other year, but mm-hmm. crazy what can, how better you can be in a year. So I'm excited. And that's what I kind of wanted to go into next was um, a little bit of the the Olympic year that you've had so far and then how that's kind of been derailed by the recent pandemic. Um, so your first, was it your first competition was the wrestle-off for Pan Ams? Um, no, I where you, to, you competed. Was that Italy that you wrestled in earlier? Yeah, Italy. That was in, I think, the um, middle of January or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then you competed in that. Your next next event was your wrestle off with Helen. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that performance and just how you wrestled? Obviously, um, uh, probably not what you wanted to, to get there, but what are some changes you felt like you needed to make before, um, what was supposed to happen in April mm-hmm. and, uh, which was actually la- last weekend was when it was supposed to go down, but what were some changes you felt like you needed to make? How did you feel about that match? All, all of that. Um, um, uh... I mean, it sucks when you lose, you know, you don't really take much positive out of it, but I think that definitely I needed to get to my offense more. Um, I felt like I controlled the ties and, um, definitely controlled the, um, like the zone as Perry would say. Um, so she, I put her into the zone a lot, but I didn't, um, what are you going to do? You're going to get your points, um, from a push out or, um, you're going to get to your offense and stuff like that. So I think that, uh, technically speaking, that was definitely something that, um, moving my opponent more and just getting to my offense and controlling those ties and just really opening up more. I think that that was, I mean, a match with two high caliber athletes, two, two, that's a low scoring match. So I think that definitely opening up and 
um, showing my offense and stuff more going forward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was good that I had got to feel her um, before trials would have been. So it was it was good. I'm glad I got to wrestle her and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. no one likes losing, but it is what it is. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you were, you were ready to go for, for what was supposed to happen this last weekend. Um, what are the, uh, the thoughts that went through your mind? Had, had you been expecting it? Af- obviously after NCAs, it had to be in your mind. Um, yeah. how much, so I asked, I interviewed Jordan Burroughs last week and, um, I know as an athlete, you can't let yourself cause the Olympic trials were coming up quickly and you mm-hmm. had that season you can't really let yourself start doubting that it's going to happen because you need to be prepared. How much did you prepare yourself for it so it wasn't too much of a blow for you? But mm-hmm. also, how much did you not let yourself think about that because you didn't want to be not prepared, if that makes any sense? Yeah, um, so we found out that we were in the middle of, like, matches. I think it was, yeah, it was matches during practice when the guys found out Um that they that their NCAA uh, tournament was canceled. So we were had done. We were doing two matches that day, getting warmed up, doing two matches. One match was done, and we were taking a break. Um, and then we got all brought in, and then that's when they told um, the team that there was no NCAA tournament. And that right there just like felt like the world. You know what I mean? It just it sucks. Yeah. I, those guys work so hard, and yeah. they're amazing. All all of them, and for the coaching staff, everything. It's just it's you can't even. I can't even imagine. So I think that after that, it was like, whoa, it's like, you know, that sucks. But, and then Tom just made sure the coaching staff made sure they're like, Hey, you guys, you guys are still going, you know, like, um, trials isn't canceled yet. Like you guys got to keep, um, getting prepared and stuff like that. So I think that it was, um, at the time it was like, okay, refocus and start, um, just focusing on yourself, um, going forward and the Olympic trials. So once the trials, once NCAAs was kind of canceled, it was like, mm-hmm. well, is the trials going to be canceled? This and that. So I think that, um, you kind of thought that in my, in the back of my head, I was like, okay, maybe it will, maybe it won't, but it was just easier for me to just keep training like I was and just to not think about it. Um, but then also you're thinking about it. So it's definitely this like right. weird balance that you're going through. Um, but once it actually did get like postponed and canceled and stuff like that, it was just, I mean, I'm glad it was postponed and not canceled, you know? So, um, so obviously you still have something to work towards. Um, that would be a totally different thing if just Olympics in general was canceled. So, um, it's good that it's postponed and I mean, you kind of have to like switch your focus really fast. It's like, Hey, you have a whole nother year to get as, as good as you can. Um, and ready to take on the world. So I think it's, for me, I made that transition in my head pretty easy. And I was like, I was like, that's a scary thought to get that much better in a year. Yeah, it really is. Um, so you, you kind of described a little bit. Um, I just, I, I haven't really heard much on, so at Flow Wrestling, I've been bringing on a bunch of coaches and wrestlers talking about like what they were doing at the time, what's been going on, but I haven't really heard much from the Iowa Iowa room Mm -hmm. so you kind of described a little bit what else went down that day was was school canceled at the time so had had it turned online yet I think it might have been I don't know if it was online or they were on spring break or something that might have been it yeah it was around spring break so that would make sense 
Yeah, I know oh. we had a 2, 2 p.m. you came in, and 3 p.m. we were st- starting matches. So whatever it took to for you to get ready for m- that first match, and we were doing two matches. I know yeah. that. Um, that's what I can remember. So they might have been on spring break, but I'm not sure for sure about that. Okay. Um, so did did Coach Brand speak to you guys afterwards? Did any did any wrestlers step up and speak? What was it like, um, just just the emotions in the room at the time? That had to just be a, a horrible experience. Yeah. Um, it, I, I just can't even, like, describe it. It's everyone just kind of, like, I think that once the NCAA basketball tournament had been canceled before, I think the guys were almost like, it's only a matter of time before our tournament gets canceled, you know? So, yeah. and at that time, the severity of it wasn't like it is now, but it was just, like, things were getting canceled left and right. And then now it's, like, no obviously things were getting canceled it's we're in a pandemic you know but it was kind of before all the craziness happened so mm-hmm. it's just like a shock to all the guys and like yeah everyone just kind of like put their head down and you know everyone kind of reacted differently um people like stormed out stuff like that and um you could leave you could finish practice however you wanted um stuff like that and it was i i can't even like describe how like the the emotion and stuff in the room because it was just like undescribable, but yeah, it was like, um, just, I just can't even imagine because they were set to win, um, NCAAs kind of not necessarily by landslide, but kind of, and, um, it just sucks that for those guys and yeah, uh, everyone, especially the seniors. I just feel, feel terrible for them. Yeah. Lugo's an awesome dude. Um, so yeah, for sure. Um, so looking forward to your, the rest of your career, um, you've got 2021 Olympics or I guess they're still going to be called 2020. I don't know. Um, it's going to be weird. I I think it's going to be the 2021 Olympics, 2020 Tokyo or something like that. I don't know. Um, (laughs) it's going to be weird, but anyway, uh, looking forward to after your career is, is coaching something you want to do? Uh, maybe on the D1 level, um, or maybe if that if that doesn't take place yet, do you want to coach WCWA? Maybe go into fighting. What what are some things that you're looking into post wrestling? Um, I I've always said that like after 2020, I wasn't gonna be you know somebody like oh 2020 is my last year like that was my last quad. Um, I was just gonna take it year by year after that, and I wasn't gonna commit fully to another cycle because four years is kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and by like 2024, what I'll be like 31 or something like that. So I'll be definitely older. Um, but I was never going to be done after 2020. So I think that that, um, is definitely something going forward. Um, I'll take it year by year and see how my body feels and, um, wrestle kind of as long as I can, you know, I love wrestling yeah. so and competing. So I think that that's just, um, something that I would love, um, to just keep getting better at. And I think that, you know, it's kind of limitless in the sport. You can just always get better at something. And that's what us wrestlers kind of like strive to continue to do. Um, so that, um, keep wrestling kind of, and then I would love, I would love to fight. I think that would be awesome. I need to learn how to like do some boxing and stuff like that. Who wouldn't want to punch someone in the face? You know, that's, that's (laughs) freaking sweet. I want to do that all the time in wrestling, but I can't. So that sucks. Um, yeah. but yeah, so fighting would be awesome. Um, but also coaching, like I love coaching. Both my parents are coaches. Um, my mom coaches 
coached volleyball. She's retired now. And my dad obviously coaches wrestling. So it's kind of my family. And then, um, so yeah, I would love to coach, but I also like my career goals is to be an athletic director. I just Mm -hmm. want to be around sports and I'd love to like be a boss kind of, you know? So (laughs) I think that, um, being like an athletic director at a collegiate level is probably like career goals for me. So coaching definitely like in that transition and, um, getting my master's after I graduate and then, um, then definitely working towards being a AD. That'd be cool. You, you should train yeah. with Forrest um, for MMA. That'd be uh, I know. Hope she's, you guys are different weights, though. She's definitely a, a mad yeah, person. Everyone. No, yeah, she'd probably be way, way heavier than me. Thank gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I thank you so much for coming on. That was, uh, I, re- I really enjoyed it, and uh, we'll have to have you on another time. That was great. Yes, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, until next time. Thank you. Bye.